Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Six Feet Under. We've got a great one for you today. We have some very special guests who are going to play a game of Urban Shadows with us. But first, as always, we're going to have a bit of a pod chat and talk about the role that monsters play in games and in our day-to-day lives. So uh, let's get to it. Hey, special guest, please introduce yourselves as you'd like to be introduced. Hey, I am David Flora. I am one of the hosts of the Blurry Photos podcast. I am Dave Stecco. I'm the lazier half of the Blurry Photos podcast. <laughs> Have you That's... ever thought of changing your last name to Fauna? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have often. I've got a lot of fan fiction that I've written. Okay. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah. Flora and Fauna is such like an 80s English like detective series. But a bad one. Yeah, it, <laughs> they scheduled it's like, it across it's... from Sapphire and Steel and nobody watched <laughs> It's like the poor man's Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> and then since we made out on the first episode, there's no will they won't they. I mean, right, just... right. <laughs> uh, so you're both some blurry photos. Uh, tell us about that real quick. What What's a blurry photo? Yeah, tell us about why nobody who's ever taken a picture of you knows how to use the focus. <laughs> oh, Riley. Go, Flora. All right, well, um, uh, Blurry Photos is a podcast uh, about... Uh, you want to you answer that? Sorry. <laughs> Fixed it. <laughs> this happens when we record too. Uh, it's a it's a podcast about uh, the paranormal, uh, cryptozoology, uh, conspiracies, ancient uh, uh, weird sites and in history and things like that and other unknown and mysterious subjects. Um, and Dave and I examine the subjects. We present uh, uh, research that we do on them, and and we also make a lot of jokes, do a lot of bad accents and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, long-time listeners might remember our strike session where uh, we skinned it as a, a sort of paranormal action series, and just about everything was inspired by one Blurry Photos Lifted episode straight. or another. Uh, <laughs> so you're welcome. Or maybe thank you. I'm not sure which direction that should go. We'll take both. Okay. Uh, anyway, I... I this is another case of me getting, uh, forcing my way into a, a sort of acquaintanceship with people I'm a fan of and then dragging them onto my show. Uh, it's happened several times. Oh, you caught us in your wily snare. For another one, listen to Lasers and Feelings with special guest Mark Soloff. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you were just recently, very recently, on an episode of uh, Bullstone, which is a uh, part of our show that we do uh, to talk about weird news, and then we mm-hmm. have guests on to do that. And you were one of the you, you were the last guest we had, actually. Yep, as of this recording, for sure. I, no, hey, no, no, I, no, I don't know when people are going to listen to this. That's, That's how good it was. <laughs> well, Never again. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. So now that we know why everyone here is clearly an expert, uh, let's get down to it. What is it about? monsters and the monstrous that are so interesting to people why do we fill our fiction with them and our our myths and yo i got this what's great about (laughs) monsters they're not human bam podcast over moving on (laughs) join us next time a lot of things aren't human but we don't uh i don't know we we don't yeah that's why we keep so many of those things around (laughs) hang them on our walls and so forth uh, I, well, I think I think it is important psychologically to have uh, a, a a villain or an antagonist that 
that you are instantly, without knowing anything, okay with obliterating or chasing down and hunting. Mm-hmm. So you, th- this is sort of monsters in like the sense of the the stat block in your monster manual that says always evil. So right. therefore, you can kill their babies with impunity. Yeah, that's exactly it. It makes it makes everything uh, morally very clear. It makes everything real. It's that real fucked up part of human psychology that just is just so good at othering everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Monsters are ideal for that. They're also good for filling that um, need for something very thrilling and tantalizing, I think. You know, people uh, often talk about hunting monsters, and it's, right. it's kind of that thrill of the chase. It's kill or be killed kind of thing. Um in addition to, to pegging them as something that is 100% evil that, you know, can be killed without a, a second thought, you know, that people uh, might gravitate towards. Yeah, and it's also, I think, isn't as far as st- storytelling, you know, if, if you just want to get right down to it, you know, it could take you a long time to explain all the reasons why that doctor who's uh, you know, doing experiments on sick kids is is actually a monster. Or you could say, as the door slowly opened, a clawed hand reached through it. Boom! You're in the same place. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's a, it's a not not a shortcut necessarily, but it certainly establishes how things are going to go quickly. I th- I think uh, one point, uh, maybe taking more mythological definition of monster. Uh, the reason they can be so interesting is uh, the exact opposite of what you said, Ix, that they are human, or at least to a large degree. Uh, Or or how very many of them represent uh, flaws we see in people, but we want to exaggerate them so we can look at them without feeling weird about it. Monsters make really good metaphors. A a person with a rage problem, that's scary in an uncomfortable way, but someone who howls at the moon every... Uh, month and grows giant teeth. That's scary in, that's in like a safe way. Yeah, right. Applying yeah, I, rules to it makes it safer. Like, oh, don't worry, it's only on the full moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spe- speaking of metaphors, you know, an important fact about monsters that Google can teach us is that the <laughs> root of mo- the root of monster is monair, which means to warn or to instruct. So that is another good point about taking like like even even the thing about werewolves is kind of an explanation for a variety of diseases that are mostly traceable back to rabies that mm-hmm. cause some kind of mania or anything like that it's like oh you're a monster another monster got you now you're going to turn into a monster so it, it it's a way to instruct Right. Yeah, it's a way to. They started as like, don't go in the woods because there's monsters there. Yeah, it gives tangible form to intangible fears. We had a. Uh, we just recently did an episode about the Wendigo, uh, which is it features pretty prominently in in North and Northern North American Native uh, uh, mythology, as as a way of reinforcing the taboo against. Um, uh, uh, cannibalism, because yeah. these 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 are people who regularly get snowed in to such a point that that crops up every few years, and and by by creating this uh, this folklore monster of the Wendigo that you can become should you eat human flesh as as a as a an example as a as a way of of reinforcing a societal taboo. 
And then you have the few weirdos that are like, oh, hey, win-win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched Ravenous. Uh, right. Yeah. And <laughs> also, the Wendigo so myth is convenient. Because you can point to, like, bear maulings and say, hey, look, There's the that Wendigo yeah. did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at that. Th- these uh, monsters as cultural artifacts, I think, are very interesting in the way that they can change or even we develop new ones. Because, like, uh, Godzilla is obviously a very modern creation because we didn't have a monster big enough to talk about nuclear annihilation. Yeah. yeah. You know? Or uh, the way that vampires used to be these swarthy foreign gentlemen seducing our, our uh, chaste English women, and now they're evil capitalists sucking the, the people dry. It's it's developed to, to suit needs that we have that, uh, that we didn't at an earlier time. Monsters are just handy to have around. Diffusers too. That's the yeah, other common ab- one. Absolutely. Zombies and, uh, too. Zombies and vampires are kind of two modern in modern times. Zombies and vampires are kind of two sides of the same capitalist fears. On the one yeah. side, you have the mindless hordes, and on the other side, you have the cruel puppet masters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, monster, monsters as cultural metaphors are pretty useful, and d- the monsters that are most successful in culture and have persevered and lasted are the ones that are just close enough to real things that there's quote-unquote evidence. Mm-hmm. Like the, they're, oh man, what culture is it? What's the culture that has the vampire that's the head that pops out of the body with all the internal organs and flies around? Chan Chan! Yes, thank you. <laughs> See, I told you I brought experts. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And would it be fair to say that that might not have caught on as well in other places because there are situations specific to that cultural culture, to that area that reinforce the quote-unquote evidence about that that, uh, you know... You wouldn't have in the Carpathian Mountains? Yeah. I, I think it's. I think there's a part of it that's just luck of the draw. I mean, it's not like there's a part of the country where your your head splits off your body, dragging its. <laughs> well, that wasn't exactly what uh, my suggestion was. But but no. But I think you're right. They're, they they do. Um, they are a reflection of the culture that gives birth to them. That um, that they include these these things that I don't know that you could. I don't know that you really even could successfully track all the tiny little idioms within a culture that makes that makes them choose their monsters the way they do. Um, you know, like uh, the, the British Isles have a lot of things revolving uh, moving water. And oh, sure. um, so much of their folk uh, folklore and mythology, you know, they have selkies in the rivers. They've got doula hands that can't cross the rivers. There's a lot of things with water and moving water that you wouldn't get. Uh, I mean, obviously in the landlocked area, but uh, in particular, just the geography of the British Isles being what they are. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't get something like that in the uh, Middle East or something. You know? Yeah, like the troll under a bridge is from that area, right? That might be Scandinavian, okay, actually, but but similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same and sort of like fear of water or water as protection. It's like always both. Yeah. yeah. So let me hit you with this. If monsters are so great at teaching horrible lessons and are manifestations of terrible events in our areas given a tan- more tangible form, why do people want to romance them so bad? I, 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 I have a good answer for that, I think. You go, Flora. Go. 
Well, I was just going to say, I think that ties a bit back into the, the thrill of it. Um, what I was saying earlier, how um, it's it's fun in a way for people to, to get that danger uh, thrill. That's just like, you know, us going to see scary movies or something. We, we just can't, kind of can't wait for that scare. I get that. In there. Yeah, what were I, you going to say? I think, I think the closer it hits psychologically the closer you have to get to it a little bit. I personally am a genuine arachnophobe. Can't stand it, spiders. He really is. But but I'd smooch one so hard. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> if Spider I, Woman I, walked in here right now. <laughs> oh! No, but I will, like, on the weekend, I will watch YouTube videos of arachnologists, like, handling spiders and making, like... I, but, you know, and if I'm at the uh, pet store, I've got to get right up to the glass. I really, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but they terrify me, but I, but I, I'm also kind of like fascinated and, and I have to get right up in their grill. So long as there is no less than a quarter inch of plexiglass between me and them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think another interesting point about what monsters mean is, uh, they're a fun way to play with the boundary of what is and isn't human. Like uh, Sasquatch is a great example of this, or any of the other sort of missing link-ish cryptids. It's mm-hmm. kind of what, whatever you need it to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's sort of like Call of the Wild and White Fang, but in a uh, uh, Pacific Northwest creature, all rolled into one. Right. Yeah, you, you can. And again, that, that can be the gentle misunderstood giant or it can be the rampaging hell beast and it can uh you you can choose the narrative that you want that thing to fit in it could be uh uh the missing link you know of of, uh human evolution or it could be an alien from another dimension or it could be a government super soldier program you know it fits whatever and i think most often what the monster is isn't so much uh, and I think even from a narrative or folklore standpoint, I, I think in a lot of cases, people aren't picking the monster, they're picking the hero and then then supplying a foil mm. to the hero. I mean, a really, there's two really good examples I was thinking of while we were talking about this is uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and uh, Frankenstein's monster. Right. <laughs> Where the foil, or the hero and the monster are the same person in both cases. Yeah. Yeah. It was, there was that, you know, what was one of those pithy things you'll run across on the uh, internet is knowledge is knowing that Frankenstein wasn't the monster. Wisdom is knowing that he was. Yes. <laughs> and that's how we pick our uh, attributes. <laughs> <laughs> By pithiness. And if they rhyme, oh, you nailed it. <laughs> Dexterity is you being get able like to do that thing where you roll a silver dollar across your knuckles and strength is never having to. <laughs> Charisma is lacking. (laughs) I don't know. I think people really like monsters ultimately. Here's my theory. Look. Here's my theory. Let me let you in on my blurry photo of a theory that I wrote on a Word doc. I think people like monsters so much because they often see something of themselves in the monster because pretty much everybody has been a subject a victim of some kind of othering at some point in their lives. Many people a whole lot worse than others, but nevertheless, uh, that 
is a quality that is relatable and is probably one of the main motivating reasons why in this and in a previous beloved like critically acclaimed Monster Hearts game by Six Feet Under uh, we do play as monsters because we can relate to them and dang it it's fun to think that we have some kind of power because of yeah. that othering so do you think that's why I chose to play a ghost in high school who everyone ignored <laughs> are, are, are you saying something about me yes okay <laughs> <laughs> well uh, do we have any final thoughts going around the horn before we wrap this up uh, one last thing monsters are aesthetically appealing and we have a lot of artists who draw great monsters yeah, and, that's uh, good... I think that's a big part of it. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, but... they look great. <laughs> there's a lot of different ways they can look great too. So if that's you don't like monsters looking scary, there are some pretty cute monsters out there. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, one in particular that eats a lot of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an interesting. That is a point. very cute. Monster. That's an interesting point too, because once it becomes cute, it kind of loses the aspect of personifying. A negative aspect of our culture it just personifies any aspect of our culture i don't know cookie monster still personifies gluttony and greed i mean you can you can still no. say that uh cookie monster saying cookies are sometimes food <laughs> Dude, he's, he's <laughs> well bridled id of a child or or what about oscar the grouch being a child-friendly metaphor for the homeless you know, they, they designed... He's the unbridled id for me. <laughs> That's why they, I mean, the, the children's workshop, they deliberately incorporated as many monster puppets as possible so kids wouldn't be afraid of monsters in their closet or under their bed. It didn't yeah. work at all, but, you know, still fun. And you don't have to worry about multi-ethnic casting when you have all eight, like, colors of the Crayola box. Yeah, that's... Uh, representation is a pretty good topic for monstrous discussion i think the same with doug like they would have gotten a lot of trouble (laughs) if uh they hadn't made people green and blue instead monsters as a protagonistic force is pretty deeply intertwined with just being good for representation because it's when features are so alien you relate you are able to relate more to other aspects of a character and that's absolutely not to say that you can solve issues of representation by just replacing everybody with green monsters because that's not going to work out. That's not no. Still, that, not, that has some problems its own with very dangerous of tropes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, so don't do that. Monsters are cool because they can't. They are an alternative approach to representation, but they're not the absolute solution. They're just kind of. I mean, like again, going there, back to you know, Sesame Street, they garbage. do supplant it with a very multi-ethnic cast of yes. human beings. Yes, that's another great example. Thank you, Henson Company, for saving yeah. bacon once again. Uh, so with that, I hope you've got uh, a lot of thoughts about what monsters are and can be. And if you'd like to hear more of our special guests talking about them, that covers they quite a, a few... Of, they have a lot of podcasts about it, as it turns out. Quite a few episodes. And if, if you want sort of bite-sized grab bags, I can recommend the annual Miss Cryptid Contest uh, miniseries. Oh, that's, yeah. that's I was about to ask if they had any about cute monsters, and there you go. <laughs> I think that's the meta topic of the entire podcast, for Flora and I are adorable, hideous people. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're going to say goodnight, folks, for now, and we'll catch you in the very next thing in your podcast feed, which is us playing Urban Shadows. See you there. I'm glad you can relate to Oscar the Grouch so much, because I'm going to put you in a trash can, too. (laughs) Oh, shit.